welcome to Breaking Business, the podcast that disrupts traditional thinking on the topics of marketing, websites, and more. Presented by artonicweb.com. Now, here's your host, Matthew Harper. Welcome to another episode of Breaking Business. I am your host, Matthew Harper. And today, this is a very special podcast because this is the first Breaking Business podcast with an interview from an outside expert. And today, I will be talking with Will Wiegert, who is an expert on LinkedIn and is going to be sharing some amazing tips for us on this topic. So welcome, Will. Hey, awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to go through some things with you today. And uh, I know you guys are doing a great business here and sharing some great things with your audience. So I'm excited to help. Awesome. Well, um, you know, let's just jump right into it because we, we try to keep the podcast episodes, uh, you know, relatively short. It's easy for, on especially a topic like this, sure. to, uh, to go on for a long time. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, let's just, you know, jump right into the meat of it here. So, you know, everybody, most people have a LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. I think I read something the other day that um, that uh, over 100 million uh, U.S. residents have a LinkedIn mm-hmm. profile. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is most people are not actually doing anything with their LinkedIn profile. It's just kind of out there. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of sitting there, and nobody really knows what to do with it or how to turn it into something that's going to make them money, Yeah, which is the whole idea. So what go, what is the what is the anatomy what goes into a, a good effective mm-hmm. linkedin profile mm-hmm. and we can touch on a later uh, how people actually get to that but let's assume that someone is actually on your profile a great profile is going to do a few a few things it's going to have an amazing headline uh, it's going to have an awesome summary and it's going to have highly relevant experience a uh, skill section is also quite important it depends on the industry that that skill section could be more and more important but the biggest two areas i would say is a powerful headline and a really really good first person casual conversational summary section okay okay and uh i i can see that being the case because i i imagine that if you're looking for somebody on LinkedIn mm-hmm. in their in their search box, mm-hmm. as you're typing in someone's name, does it show the headline there? Yeah, it's going to show their name and the headline, and that's a little hack that I like to use often, especially in the business sector. Is um, instead of using just your name, uh, it'll, that's the biggest and most bold section. I actually put a, a part of the headline into the name itself. Uh, so one of you know, I know we worked uh, with Mike's. Uh, profile and I don't remember off the top of my head what we use but it allows that you kind of are hacking the headline a little bit to make it stand more so that's that's the first thing someone's going to see it's just like a good blog post or any good article you know you've got to draw them in first with the the headline uh and with the big bold section and and that that's that you've got to pull them in with that and then the content has to be great so many people have uh, stuffy, informational, um, boring. Here's what I am. Here's what I've done. Uh, and and having the catchy summary that that's uh, that really pulls people in is huge. It's a huge difference ma- difference maker there. Huh. Well, um, 
And I think you mentioned uh, when, so Will was kind enough to come into our office uh, a, a week or so ago and uh, give everybody here at our tonic an overview of mm-hmm. LinkedIn. And one of the things that you mentioned, which really stuck out to me, mm-hmm. was using a circle for your profile picture yeah. rather than a square. Yeah, and there's a lot of little things you can do like that, but that's that's a huge one that um, when, whether it's on a skills endorsement section or when someone is searching for uh, individuals, if you're using a PNG circle photo so that the, the, there's no white background, you're really going to pop off the page. And any little thing you can do like that, I mean, we, we talked about you know, customizing your LinkedIn URL. That's something that's it's a small thing. But all of those little details really add up. And, and when a reader lands on your profile, they're going to go, whoa, this person's a little different. And, and they're edgy. And, I, and they, it, there's, uh, there's a lot of you know, data to back that up uh, as well. So, yeah. Well, we were just talking about some of the ranking factors mm-hmm. um, on LinkedIn, you know, things that are going to make you stand out in in the uh, LinkedIn search box. Mm-hmm. But if you also want to not just stand out, but, but be relevant and actually mm-hmm. show up for certain searches, yep. uh, what are some ways that people can increase their rankings essentially in LinkedIn's search function. Yeah, so it's similar to, you know, when you're trying to to rank for a Google search, a keyword optimization is of course highly relevant in this. Uh, you want to make sure that the words that you want to rank for, you want people to to find you for when they're searching, that those are naturally infused throughout your profile. But it's not just a a data thing like that. Um, you know, LinkedIn openly admits uh, and it's right on their uh, on their um, I don't know if it's on their terms terms page, but and we can link to it in the, in the podcast notes. I'll send it to you later. Um, but they have specific things that you need to include um, in order for your profile to become visible. Um, that's you need to have a picture. You have to have to have a picture. You have to have three job experience sections, a completed summary, um, a completed headline, and I believe education as well. And they they break these down specifically. I think there's a couple other things. And if you don't have those things, uh, LinkedIn openly admits you are 40 times less likely to be shown. Ooh, yeah, it's 40 huge. times. Wow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, another couple things, groups, um, we won't touch it a whole lot, but getting in, into actively involved in groups, building your connection list, the more people you're connected with, whether it's directly or indirectly, that's going to make a massive difference on how visible you are on LinkedIn. Okay. So it's almost like Google in a lot of ways where mm-hmm. You know, on Google, the number of backlinks that your website has is very important to where you're ranking. And on LinkedIn, it's the number of connections that you have, which is really the same thing. We're talking about... You know the the same sort of, of thing here with connections. So exactly, okay, exactly. Yeah, they have their own algorithm, but in a lot of ways, there are a lot of uh, a lot of ties into the way that Google works as well. It's, it's they have an algorithm to say who's ranking and who's not, and if you're not careful to follow all of those stipulations correctly, you could get buried. Huh. Okay. Um, so. Uh... You know, one I was I was asking around uh, before you came in mm-hmm. and, and trying to find out, you know, what are some of the questions that people have out there regarding LinkedIn? And uh, the one question that came up time and time again was, is there anything worth paying LinkedIn mm-hmm. for, such mm-hmm. as ads or a premium profile? That's the one that came up the yeah. most, you know. Yeah. Should, I, should I pay LinkedIn to have a premium profile? Am I going to get anything out of that? Yeah. Well, there's always an exception to the rule, but in general, 
Um, I discourage almost everyone from paying for a premium LinkedIn profile. It's quite expensive for what you get. Essentially, all you're getting when you buy a premium profile is the ability to message anyone. And it's designed for recruiters. That's what LinkedIn intends it for. That's what that's what it's used for. So really, that little that little you get a little sticker that says premium. But if you're not uh, premium profile, other than that, uh, you're really not getting a lot of value out of buying that. There's several other ways uh, I would spend that money. There's some other outside um, businesses that uh, one's called LinkedIn. Um, Oh, LinkedIn Autopilot, that, that there's a way that can help your LinkedIn become a lot more visible, and I think it, it has a lot more direct action that it creates. Um, but in general, no, I and, and LinkedIn adds the same thing. I, I For most people, unless I get, there's, there's an, always an exception to the rule, and there's certain industries and certain areas where a LinkedIn ad campaign may make a ton of sense. But for the most part, Facebook ads, Google ads, that those are probably going to be your better bet. Hmm. Okay, okay. Um well, another an, a big topic I wanted to add. You know, well, before I get into yeah. that, you know, I I wanted to uh, also add that when it when it comes to uh, paying for a premium profile, mm-hmm. it's also uh, worthwhile for stalkers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because if if you're trying to hide, um, you know, you you can see who visited your own mm-hmm. page in LinkedIn yep. unless you block it. But if you block yep. it, then you can't see who visited your your uh, your LinkedIn page. Yeah, exactly. But if you're a paying member, you can both block other people from seeing your visits while still being yep. able to see yep. people who come to your profile. And there could be some value in that <laughs> if you're pretty proactive about, you know, on the sales side about reaching out to those who are visiting. Usually someone's visiting, visiting your profile. There's a reason why. I'd say, you know, and this is not, I'd have to actually go back and look at numbers on this, but I'm going to say 80 or 90% of people don't even know that you they can block uh, block the visibility. So most people you're going to be able to see anyway without buying it. Yeah, yeah. And even if you're not a paying member, as long as you're not blocking that visibility, you can still see exactly. the people who are looking at your yep. profile exactly. for, I think, 10 days or something yep. like that. Okay. Yep. Um, so another big, big topic that I wanted to make sure we covered here uh, on this podcast um, is uh, around content marketing. Mm-hmm. So at Artonic, we do a lot with content marketing. Yeah. Made, many agencies do. It's it's you know it's it's kind of the current trend in digital marketing. Um, and I hate to use that word trend. I mean, content marketing really isn't a trend. It just feels like a trend. Sure. But um, how does content marketing play into LinkedIn? Yeah. Well, so often people aren't utilizing their LinkedIn um, on the content side. And so I'm kind of rebranding it as an authority marketing campaign, and some others are using that term as well. But, you know, LinkedIn is mostly personal. However, that... Um, that doesn't mean that the content you put out isn't in a lot of ways related to your business. So what I encourage, especially business owners and entrepreneurs and freelancers and folks that are actively involved in their business to do is to utilize the LinkedIn posts section to um, to put out either similar or even, even duplicate content. And I, from my understanding, um, it's okay actually on LinkedIn to use duplicate content because um they they're not indexed on google uh, again don't quote me on that i'm not an seo expert but from what i've seen I, we're not, i'm not seeing any of these posts being separately indexed um and and the one of the cool things about linkedin is you can organically 
naturally build a quote-unquote email list. I mean, there are so many parallels, right, into the typical digital marketing world and the way you can use LinkedIn. And it's a lot more natural because as soon as you connect with someone, every time I write an article, now that we're connected, Matt, guess what? You're going to get a little note that says, Will published an article about this. Uh, You can unsubscribe just like any sort of email campaign, but it's it's a much more... A natural way to get people into your fold and and on your quote unquote email list, and I've seen some large businesses, you know, almost not even have, or some large freelancers not have an email list and instead use LinkedIn Publisher as that core foundation. Am I suggesting that's the best thing for everyone? No, but for almost every single person, it's going to make a ton of sense at the very least to use LinkedIn posts uh, in addition to um, whatever content strategy that they have. Use use that to push that same message to your audience because, you know, in the end, you want to be building a consistent brand and what you're doing for yourself and for your business. They, they relate very closely to one another. And so when someone lands on your profile, you want to show them that you're active in your market. You want to show them that you're an authority, an author, someone who's writing about um, about your industry, and if you're not doing that on LinkedIn, um, then, then I think you're really a few steps behind. And your end, uh, but if you are doing that, uh, you know, unfortunately, so few people are right now. Uh, it's a really easy way to stand out. Those posts are automatically going to be put right at the top of your page. There's one of the few areas you can actually put a visual into your your page. Uh, if you look at my LinkedIn, you can see a couple articles, and they're not even amazing articles, but it, it pops off the page because it's a it's a wall of text, and then all of a sudden, I've got a couple flashy images with a good headline and it pulls people in i think this is probably my the the most intriguing um, part of this to me because you know every digital marketer is looking for a way to engage with their audience um, in an area that's not completely saturated yeah yeah And, and and it sounds like this is very underutilized and therefore a, a, a very wide open door very much for so. for people and and anybody can do this it doesn't matter if you're a freelancer it doesn't matter if you're a fortune 500 company yep. anybody can get some pretty darn good and free exposure um, by utilizing this method of posting an, uh, an article on LinkedIn and then have and then LinkedIn, you don't even have to sign up for Mailchimp here. You know? Right, right. I mean, LinkedIn's <laughs> going to send that email out for you. Exactly, exactly. And then if you could, you're doing a good job of utilizing good calls to action through that and directing traffic either back to your website or you know to an email or using those posts. Uh, you know, if you they get shared a few times, Pulse is. Uh, and this is a whole another story, but basically LinkedIn's um, wall, their homepage is starting lately to get very cluttered with kind of spam. And so when you start putting good content in there and it starts ranking, I mean, you've got a huge opportunity that's pretty untapped. Hmm. Uh, I think you're absolutely onto something there. I, I hope everybody's uh, paying close attention to this part of it because this is this is really a, a, a you know a dream strategy here hmm. it's it's a it's an opportunity to reach uh your an incredible um audience a potentially large audience if you're connecting with people and you're active on linkedin and it's completely free you don't have to mm-hmm. be a premium member to do this mm-hmm. and 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 it's and it's so unsaturated that it's just an amazing opportunity so i mean this is really what everybody's looking for mm-hmm. a free way to reach a very targeted audience in a very effective way mm-hmm. so this that's that's a great tip that's good um and you mentioned you know uh freelancer and we were we uh, i mentioned it as well a mm-hmm. couple of times so on on linkedin um is the strategy for an individual different 
based on whether they're a freelancer or maybe working for a small company uh, versus working for a very large company. Yeah, I mean, definitely. So wherever you're at, uh, you're going to want to tailor your LinkedIn to that. So I work with a lot of job seekers, and obviously that's a whole different realm in and of itself. But freelancers, entrepreneurs, you know, very small one to two business owners, you're, you're pretty much going to be branding the profile as you, and you're going to probably tie in your business, whatever it is, you know, organically throughout and make it very clear and obvious. Um, but the bigger your company gets, I think the more important it becomes to use your employees as brand ambassadors. Uh, I, I, so often this is an underutilized uh, thing, especially when you're, when you're in recruiting or, you know, look, LinkedIn has amazing ranking factors. So when I meet you and I Google you, your LinkedIn profile is pretty quickly easily going to be in the top few without without doing any work, even if it's a really bad LinkedIn profile with no content, uh, your name when someone Google. So, so if I meet you on the street and say, wow, that Matt guy, he was awesome. Let, let me learn more about him. Um, you and I and about his company, one of the, the, the big holes I've seen with mid size companies, small to mid-sized companies, 10 to 50 employees, is they're doing nothing to brand their employees with the, the brand that they spend thousands and thousands of dollars building the um, building the, you know, the website and the content and all of these pieces. They have a million pieces all done right, and yet there's this giant hole because, I mean, what better, who, who represents you and your brand more than your people? Uh, and so that's a, been a big push that I've been working on lately is working with companies to help them utilize their best asset, their employees, uh, in the one of the areas where they're going to be most found online, and that is, is uh, like it or not, LinkedIn, because LinkedIn has so much search engine power already. Uh, mm. And so you, you've got to infuse your brand, your company brand, into the message now. And that doesn't mean you're using the profile exclusively for your company, but you're going to want them to be talking about how proud they are of what they do and why they love working for you and, and show off that visual element so that you're not getting a, um, a discrepancy between what they're seeing on your website and everywhere else. And then they land on your employees' profiles and they go, oh, never mind. Yeah. Uh, I've seen that happen too many, too many times and it's sad, but people don't even think about that. Right, right. Well, and I think, you know, you, you certainly a business doesn't have to, um, and you really can't require your employees to um, edit their, their LinkedIn profiles, but you can certainly encourage it. Yeah. And I think, you know, for, for any of the businesses out there listening, um, you should consider hiring Will or someone like Will to come in and uh, speak with your employees and give them the guidance on what they could do to help be that brand ambassador mm -hmm. for the company. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I've seen companies... Uh, a lot of the companies I'm working with now, I mean, they offer it to their employees as, hey, we will pay for this. We will, you know, it's benefiting to b both of us. And, you know, even when these employees, if, if eventually they do leave and hopefully they don't, but they see it as a win-win. I mean, it's rare where someone says, wow, you can redo my, my LinkedIn, infuse the company that I love. I mean, the companies I work with, like, you know, your employee, I mean, who wouldn't? I walk in, I, we were talking about this when I walked in. I walked into the office and you can just tell the moment you walk in, this is a place you want to be and you want that feeling to be there for your employees and and they're proud i mean if i talk to any of your people on the street they're going to say i love being here and they want to show that off um so it's a usually i mean 99 times out of 100 it's a major win-win for everybody there you know i i oftentimes say that uh, a lot of times if you want somebody to do something all you have to do is give them the opportunity mm -hmm. and i think mm -hmm. this is you know I, I i talk about that in terms of 
capturing leads on a website and um, you know putting a form on a page mm-hmm. and giving people the opportunity to reach out to you easily. And yeah. I think this is kind of the same thing. If you want your employees to uh, to uh, be a brand ambassador, you have to give them the opportunity. Yeah. You have to give them the tools, the guidance, and and the encouragement to do so. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you know, one one thing that uh, that I that I was never really sure about is. Um, what to do when so, after somebody connects with me, especially mm-hmm. if it's somebody that I don't know who they are, I've never met that person yep. before, and I just kind of randomly get this 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 uh, you know connection request, um, but you know I don't know why, and I don't really know how, how is this going to help me. So, yeah. what would you recommend? In yeah, that case? this is one of my favorite. I'll call it hacks on LinkedIn because what most people do is they just click no. They say, "I've never heard of this name. I'm gonna, I'm gonna not accept." And there's a whole bunch of debate that goes on about whether or not that's the right thing. But my typical strategy, again, there's always an exception. But my typical strategy is I, I have a pretty open door LinkedIn policy and. What ends up happening is, you know, I don't know why they found my profile, whether they Googled my name or they ran across an article that has me, but for some reason they landed on my profile and I want to know why. And so instead of just either hitting yes or hitting no, I always reply with a message. Um, And I'm split testing a couple different ideas here, but the one that seems to be connecting most right now and getting the best reply is something to the effect of, uh, it has a a little funky headline where it says... um, What's the deal? You know, pulls people in and they're like, wait, why is this person messaging me? What's saying, what's the deal? Uh, and then in the content of the message, it says um, something like, um, thanks, for, thanks for connecting, Matt, or thanks for your invitation to connect. Um, to what do I owe the pleasure of your invitation? And, you know, it's not a perfect strategy in any content like that. You don't get, you don't get 100% replies. But I'm going to say 40% or so uh, of people I message reply and say, actually, Will, I found your profile because I heard your podcast on on uh you know on matt's uh, on matt's podcast right i read this article about you and it, and that gives me the opportunity then to help those people with their specific needs which oftentimes turns into business for me huh. uh, and so you whether it's a job seeker utilizing a similar strategy why did this recruiter reach out to me whether it's a business owner saying why did this business or freelancer why did this or a copywriter why did this business get on my page you know figure that out D- dive deeper don't don't just let that connection that's a hot lead uh, essentially it's someone who maybe they didn't quote unquote fill out your form but they have some interest in you for some reason and capitalize on that there's no reason not to yeah and it seems so easy i mean you could literally just have you know you could you could really just even copy and paste uh, that message I, I in do. there yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah so very fast and easy thing to do yeah okay um well one thing i wanted to make sure that we that we touched on here um, that uh, is getting a lot of press right now, and and uh, today is uh, June twenty second, two thousand sixteen. I don't normally date um, my podcasts, but this one in particular, um, you know, things change so fast on mm-hmm. social media, and uh, something that just happened in the last week or so was mm-hmm. that Microsoft has purchased LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Wow! I yeah, mean, it's I huge. don't know if anybody even it's saw huge. that coming. But, um, you know, what, what does that mean? And do we know anything yet about what Microsoft's intentions are mm-hmm. with LinkedIn? Yeah, I'm still kind of watching from the sidelines uh, on that. So I don't know a whole lot. I mean, it's definitely incredibly intriguing that such a big platform was bought out. And I think it, it proves that LinkedIn has some longstanding value. 
Um, you know, it was bought for a significant amount of money, and and so I think you're going to see some changes happening. I, I'm I'm watching uh, amongst the rest to figure out what those are. I hope. I mean, you're definitely going to see some algorithm changes in how the the ranking metrics uh, are determined and uh, how the. I mean, I'm I'm hoping and and watching for some of that. Um, newsfeed-esque type it's called linkedin pulse but newsfeed-esque type uh content changes and out so there's a lot of pieces that are going to change there and you know they may also you know this is again will predicting and i really have no way of knowing but they may also add a lot more design elements linkedin's very rigid very plain html um which is you know some of the hacks that we have the round picture and um uh, allow allow you to get in but i'm i'm gonna guess that um, as Microsoft gets more and more involved, they're going to open up LinkedIn a little bit more, allow for some more customization, allow for some more visual elements um, to give that personality. Because I, I think if they're not careful, um, you know, I think for 10, 15 years, LinkedIn can operate really at a high level where it's at. But you're starting now just a little bit to see... Uh, companies like Branded Me and um, Workfolio and other personal website platforms try to tackle LinkedIn. And I think LinkedIn's the the big player in the marketplace. Uh, and I don't think others are going to be able to challenge it um, yet. But if they don't start making some changes, working more toward a personal website type site, uh, I think eventually uh, the market's going to say, hey, we want something more fun and flashy and um, I think that, that that's that's my prediction on the direction mm. they're going to head. Mm. I was listening to another podcast this morning, and um, and this this topic of uh, LinkedIn being purchased by Microsoft came up on there, mm. and the uh, the podcaster on that podcast thought that maybe Microsoft was going to try to do something around um, marketing automation by utilizing LinkedIn. Hmm. And I don't hmm. know if that's going to happen or not. I don't really, you know, no, nobody knows. Sure. But um but I thought that was an interesting thought, so I just thought I would I would echo it here on this podcast. Yeah. Um you know, certainly there's a there's there's a ton of content on LinkedIn. LinkedIn has been building content in articles for some time now. So, I can see where there is an aspect of content marketing automation mm-hmm. being part mm-hmm. of that but at the same time i almost feel like the platform is going to have to change quite a bit in order to accommodate hmm. that yeah so yeah anyways. i think the 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 big overview you know if i were on the, the or as a business owner i'd be really paying attention to is this is a transition period we're definitely entering a new transition period for linkedin and that's when some of the biggest opportunities open up whenever you're in a transition period on a major digital platform like that if you're ahead of it if you're in front of it if you're talking about it if you're making the right changes that you're going to be leaps and bounds you know being an early adopter so i'm i'm encouraging people this is the time during this transition period um, it's the time to to get in front of it um, so that, you know, when when they start pushing and marketing, you're already ahead. Huh, yeah. Well, um, there's one other tip that, yeah. you, that you gave me the other day that I, that I wanted to make sure we passed on to everybody here, which is the um, you can have a custom URL mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. Yep. And so there's some differences in between how that works on LinkedIn and how that works other places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you want to elaborate yeah. on that? Yeah, so on Facebook or Twitter, or actually I think Twitter you can you can change it, but on Facebook on most pr- profiles, once you customize your URL, you can never change it again. As of right now on LinkedIn, you can. You can edit it as many times as you want. Now, of course, 
because of the search ranking factors. You don't want to be changing that. But one of the cool things you can do, um, and, and most people don't even bother to, to change their URL at all. It's actually pretty simple. You hit the little gear icon on your, on your profile page, and on the right side it pops up, uh, customize your URL. At the very least, customize that to your name. By default, it's, it's, it's got your name and a bunch of hyphens and funky numbers. It looks really unprofessional. It's right at the top of your profile. You know that anything above the fold there on your LinkedIn or on a website is so, so important. So really perfecting that. Um, if your name's available, I mean, mine's, I think, linkedin.com uh, forward slash in forward slash Will Wiegert. Um, you know, one of the things we worked with your employees is, is to add the word, you know, uh, Mike Riley, uh, our tonic, adding our tonic in there. Um, so I, uh, customizing that URL to really fit, to hone in on who you are, um, meaning your name. And then it could also be your industry or some other aspect of your brand. But uh, it's, it adds a ton of professionalism. It's really easy to do. And it's, it's completely another, free. Completely free, yeah. yeah. Super, super simple. <laughs> um, and, you know, at least right now you don't have to worry about, oh, what if I want to change it later? You actually can. Huh. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode of Breaking Business. And um, uh, thank you so much, Will, for taking the time to uh, to be on this podcast today mm-hmm. and, yeah. and offer your expertise. Um, this has been fantastic. This is maybe one of my most favorite episodes of, of Breaking Business yet. And uh, if, if you want to reach out to Will, um, Will does a lot of things uh, around LinkedIn, including helping job seekers. So if you're a job seeker and, you, and you're trying to capitalize on the um, on utilizing LinkedIn so that you mm-hmm. can get not only exposure, but when you're applying for jobs and those employers are looking you up, that your profile reflects uh, the you know the sort of of things that you want it mm-hmm. to, and um, and also um, will will you know work with businesses and, and come in and, and give um, give give uh, some you know seminars to mm-hmm. your yeah. staff and things like that. So. Um, well, if if people want to, uh, and, and we've just barely scratched the surface here yeah, on what LinkedIn so, can there's do. There's so many different things, but hopefully we hit a, little, a couple things. I, I think we did hit a, hit a lot of the big ones. I think so. But if, if you want to really take LinkedIn by the reins, mm-hmm. um, consider reaching out to Will so he can empower you to do so. Will, what's the best way for people to, to reach you? Yeah, well, I'm going to say since uh, we're t- doing a LinkedIn podcast, I'm going to encourage people to connect with me on LinkedIn and send me a message that way. So uh, if you Google me, um, Google Will Wiegert, W-E-E-G-E-R-T. You're going to find my LinkedIn profile. It's one of the top three. Um, or you can go to linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Will Wiegert. Um, other ways you can get in touch with me. I'm a little more hesitant to share these uh, now, but at coldcollar.com, cold like not hot, collar like a shirt collar. That's my current website. I'm developing actually a couple other businesses, rebranding. So um, if you're listening to this in the future, those may be gone. Um, but um, you know, a, recruit, a recruiting business uh, that will probably be added on within the next six months and then a uh, really turning my cold collars essentially built around a resume writing business and I'm going to go a lot bigger, more of a personal branding agency. So lots of things in the funnel. The best way probably is actually to connect with me through LinkedIn. Um, awesome. Cool. And, we'll, and I'll put some links in the, uh, the show notes as awesome. well. So if you're listening to this podcast, there's a lot of places you can listen to this at, but the um, the show notes and the most current version of the show notes is going to be on the Artonic website, which is at artonicweb.com. Click on Learn and then go into the podcast section, and, and you can find this podcast in there. So thanks awesome. again, Will, yeah. for, for joining me today. This has been awesome. This has been a blast. And uh, and, and everybody check out the, uh, the show notes for a little bit more information. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you for listening to another episode of Breaking Business. Thank you for listening to 
Breaking Business, the podcast that disrupts traditional thinking. For even more information on breaking your business, visit us at artonicweb.com.